Reese. Why me? Why does it want me? Trusted to run it all. They say it got smart. A new order of intelligence. Then it saw all people as a threat, not just the ones on the other side. Decided our fate in a microsecond. Extermination. There was one man to fight, to storm the wire of the camps, to smash those metal motherfuckers into junk. He turned it around. He brought us back from the brink. His name is Connor. John Connor. Your son, Sarah. Your unborn son. Welcome, my name is Matt and I'm here with Andrew. Today we're going to be talking about The Terminator, the beginning of James Cameron's epic tale of mankind's last hope and the difference between fate and free will. So grab your popcorn and Reese's Pieces and let's break it down on the Postcard Podcast. I'd say past nine would be when I'd tell the kids to stop doing it because, yeah, you do have people that have to go to work in the morning, but at, and I'd, I'd say nine o'clock is the cutoff. It was Saturday night, and then at nine o'clock, they, the city was blowing off fireworks anyway, so they were being loud, too. So Ridiculous. But then after that, uh, I got we left at like two in the morning and then got home, went up, got up, went to church. Well, a little bit after that, but went to church eventually, and then, yeah. Sweet. So... Uh, we got a 30-year anniversary coming up on Saturday. I'm a lot older than 30, all right? Yeah. Not a lot, but I am older than 30. But Terminator 2 Judgment Day yeah. is going to be 30 years old on Saturday the, the 3rd. Okay. Which is what we're going to review next week and everything. Yeah. But um, 30 years old, man. It's, and it's, that was the 90s movie, you know? It's not, you feel like 30 years old, that should have been the 80s movie, you know, the part one. Yeah. But. And it's still like top of its class, you know, in, in, in any category it could be in, you know? Yeah. I was watching, well, I'll save that for the T2 one, but. Yeah. Uh, do you remember watching this movie for the first time? Yes. Or is it just something that you always knew that you've watched sometime, but you can't remember no, when you actually watched it for the first I, time? I watched it, I watched it a long time ago, like. The first time I watched it was probably 
maybe in the 90s, I think. And when I watched it at first, you know, it wasn't one of these things where, you know, we, we should have been watching it probably uh-huh. at that age, you know. I, I could have sworn I watched T2 first and then came back to this one. Or no, because I know we had it on VHS or something. I watched it, but I mean, there there are scenes in it that obviously I probably shouldn't have been watching at that That's age. That's probably why I did want to watch it. Yeah. But uh, I, I, I just, I feel like I've always known that I've seen this movie, so I can't really nail down. It must have been too young for me to remember yeah. or whatever. But, you know, T2's always kind of stuck out there. But part one, the first Terminator, this, this has always been kind of my like personal favorite just because I, uh, my favorite character of the entire franchise is Kyle, Kyle Reese. Reese. Yeah. So, you know, I see him as the Obi-Wan of the thing, you know. So, like, Terminator is the Darth Vader, right? Yeah. And he becomes more prominent and more lines and stuff in the second one yeah. than he had in the first. Uh, you know, Obi-Wan is like the Kyle Reese because, you know, uh, Sarah and John are kind of like the Luke Skywalker, you know, where they're learning. They're the chosen ones kind of or whatever. And uh, Obi-Wan was the protector. That's kind of how I see Kyle Reese. I don't know. Maybe I just like characters like that. They both well, died in their introduction, uh, introductory movies, all that kind of stuff, uh, you know, making a sacrifice to so that the hero could live and all that. But that character, what's great about that character, too, is that he's literally at least mentioned in almost every single one of the films in, in one shape or form, you know, in a way that, that yeah, he's got a legacy. He, he does have a legacy and, it, and it's carried on, even though like, like in Obi-Wan in the original, I mean, he suppose it's not the actual original, but they're the original star Wars. Right. Yeah. And, and so, you know, he died, you know, Obi-Wan dies, spoiler alert. He dies in the very first film that we watch right. of star Wars. You know, we get to see him a lot more in, 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 the you prequels. Know, yeah. And the prequels and stuff, but, you know, it's it's again, you know, he dies, but his legacy carried on throughout all the films. You know what I mean? And and his foreboding, you know, and things that he said, you know, carried on in all the following films. I mean, because Kyle Reese is really the the original narrator of this of this series because he goes in there and he basically tells the whole not literal story. narrator because no, he, Sarah is like the literal right, right. narrator. She's the yeah. literal narr- uh, narrator, but he's the one that we get all the information. Yeah. From. Yeah. He's the original narrator. He, he, he sets up the whole story and he sets up the whole universe. The reason we all, we know about the war judgment day, Skynet terminators, what they can do. What Sarah Connor is going to, you know, what even John Connor is of the, John Connor, yeah, the entire lore. Yeah. And history of this universe of the Terminator is is set up and explained by the wise, the wise one that's been through it all, yeah. like Obi Wan, uh, Kyle Reese, and, and and like you know, I mean, you look at Sarah Connor. I mean, she never, you know, these we're not going to talk about all the films, but she never moved on from Kyle Reese, no matter what. Who do you think the linchpin is in this entire stories that that they're the most important piece? Wow, that's that's a good question. I mean, because it, I don't think it's John. No, no, it's it's either Sarah Connor or Arnold Schwarzenegger, Terminator. I think it's Sarah. I think she's the linchpin because, and we can get more into this in the second one. Uh, it's one of the, one of the things I want to talk about and make sure that we're just talking about, and so our audience knows we're talking about the Terminator as if we haven't seen Terminator 2 Judgment 1984 Day. version. Yeah, we both have, I think, some things that we want to say that bleed into Terminator 2 because the way I feel is Terminator 1 and Terminator 2 are 
that's Terminator. Yeah. Three, four, five, six, whatever. Those were little alternate universes, little kind of, uh, what do you call them, Elseworlds stories and comics or whatever. Yeah, no, it's the... Uh, um, yeah, it's Elseworld. Yeah, it's like, it's Elseworld. like things that... that it's the multiverse. It's not canon. Yeah. But it, it's something that could have been told. It's the like, multiverse. Yeah, or like the extended universe yeah. of Star Wars. Like, yeah. this could have happened, but it's not part of the official story. Yeah. yeah. I consider that part one and part two because that was James Cameron, and he had a story to tell. And I think you have the dichotomy of these two movies. One is talking, one lays everything at fate's, yeah. uh, at fate's feet. And I got I got to say this. And the other, hang yeah. on, the other one lays everything at uh, free will. So, yeah. so we, we get into that, but the only thing I wanted to say real quick was that, um, and I'm going to talk about this more next week, but John Connor, I believe, uh, isn't the linchpin because he is an aberration. Yeah. The only reason he exists is because of the Terminator. Yeah. Right? Yeah. And maybe the only reason the Terminator and Skynet exists is because of John. Because yeah. if that Terminator hadn't come back, you know, Skynet wouldn't have gotten the robot hand and yeah, the Yeah, we don't want to get a head, two headed exactly. ourselves. Exactly. To to so I don't two. want to get too old. But I just want to say that, you know, John Connor is of huge importance in this movie. But I think the most important person in this entire lore is Sarah. Because. You know, you say that, but but also, like you just said, John that, had no part in the first movie. Right, right. You say that, but you also got you also said that the Terminator. If there wouldn't be, if there wouldn't be John Connor, there wouldn't have been the Terminator, and the Terminator is actually what really kind of set off everything. Because if that Terminator didn't come back, because as we'll talk about in the second right, one, Kyle you, wouldn't have had to come back. Yeah. Yeah, John wouldn't make. Yeah, but that's then. That's what I'm saying is that that's that's why. And like I said, we can get more into that. But that's but why I think they call it the the movies Terminator rather gonna, than saying you know, except for the TV show. I, that's what I was going to ask. Sorry. No, no, I'm no, sorry. no, no. It's good because yeah. you're, you're you're we're 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 we got the same idea. Why is yeah. it called Terminator? Why isn't it called Judgment Day or yeah. Skynet or? I don't know any yeah. any one of those. Yeah, because I mean, if you look at the TV show, it's called you know uh, the Sarah, Sarah Connor, Connor Chronicles. Chronicles. You know, and, and, and that's just, you know, really surrounding Sarah Connor in a way. You know, even though you have John Connor and you have the, the female Turner, uh, Terminator, um, it's still Sarah Con Connor's life that they're really basing everything yeah. off of. Now, this can get very muddy because time travel is very muddy. Uh, whether it's Avengers, Back to the Future, so this one. Time travel As far so as you say, Hot Tub Time Machine. Yeah. But it's it's frustrating. But what these movies did that was really good is it didn't really try to explain it too much. Parts three, four, yeah, five. That's what I was they did. Yeah. They tried to get into it and they tried to make it make sense. And they try. The smart thing that these movies did was let's say time travel. We'll put a couple things in here. You got to understand. But besides that, we're not going to try to get involved because all time travel is a paradox. Yeah. And and paradox, you know, to us, it just means things that we don't understand yet. Yeah. So it's impossible because you can't go back and uh, kill your grandpa uh, to make it to where you don't exist anymore. Because uh, if you did that, then uh, your grandpa wouldn't have been alive. So you wouldn't have been alive to do that. So you never did it. But you did because he's alive. Do, do you feel like this is the, the Terminator movie is the originator when it comes to cinema 
time travel storytelling in a way well yeah james james cameron said he wanted to write a definitive robot movie basically yeah. and there hadn't been one i mean you have little tons of movies out there back in the with 50s robots and, and everything yeah. like that but i mean if you say what's a definitive robot movie or killer robot movie yeah. or whatever automatically everybody's going to go to terminator or toys yeah yeah probably robin williams and his <laughs> sister yeah terrible terrible <laughs> Gosh, why did we review that movie? I don't know. We I, well, just... it's, it's 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 the king of comedy right there, though. I mean, yeah, but I mean, we it. introduced Robin Williams to the show with the movie like Toys. Yeah, well, here's the thing: is that you know, as we've said, you know, we like these movies until we, you know, or, or maybe we just have good memories of them. <laughs> we watch them, we're like, it's not really good movies, but yeah. Um. So, anyways, uh, just to get into this uh, today, we're talking about the Terminator. Um, did you watch this just recently or? Well, recently enough. Okay. Uh, well, just watched it over the weekend again for the umpteenth time. <laughs> Do you watch it often? I try to every once in a while when, when I get in a mood for it, you know yeah. what I mean? Cause then, this one or T or do you just go to T2? Cause a lot of people uh, just go straight to T2. I can't because you know, I'll go to T2 more often than uh -huh. I would go to T1. You know, I, I mean, just because Terminator one, is it's a setup and as you know you know when, when we watch when we've watched all of the other ones you know we we kind of get first one it's like okay yeah this is we know we already know what's going to happen and the the real good meat of the story doesn't really happen till t2 you know yeah yeah so uh terminator uh it was a movie from 1984. It was directed by James Cran James Cameron. It was also written by James Cameron, but uh, Gail Ann Hurd and William Wisher did have additional writing credits. Now, Gail Ann Hurd is obviously James Cameron's producing partner. Mm -hmm. They've been producing partners ever since from here to now. Um, they're still partners. They got married. They got divorced, all that kind of stuff, because mm -hmm. James Cameron likes to marry the people he works with. Linda Hamilton for that. and the girl from Titanic yeah. and, and he usually well anyways um, William Wisher he just wrote uh, things like Sarah's introduction and something else I can't remember uh, but uh, it stars Arnold Schwarzenegger um, Linda Hamilton as Sarah Connor uh, Schwarzenegger is the Terminator obviously and Michael Bean as Kyle Reese um, you got Lance Hendrickson he's in here uh, Rick Rossovich as Matt Earl Bowen as Dr. Silberman who you'll you'll see again and good old bill bill paxton so I know, I know and you get just such a brief introduction to bill paxton i mean or you know for what like not even a minute screen time well i like it because we got three actors in here that were also all in aliens as well well and remember that that what did they do that redo of it w wasn't it like somebody that looked like bill paxton and looked like um um What's, on a redo yeah remember when they redid it recently oh yeah and he went back in the past didn't didn't that guy look like uh bill paxton uh maybe a little bit and, but... and then the guy from highlander or um that with real square jaw brian he, thompson yeah, yeah yeah both both those guys uh i i feel and like he was like a big guy but then to see him get lifted up by arnold oh, I know. Like, Ooh, yeah you weren't big back well because you watch him in the highlander and he's throwing people in highlander you know what i mean and and but just to see bill paxton i mean cla I this is classic guy in. oh he was uh shao khan in uh mortal kombat yes. annihilation yeah but but <laughs> 
but Bill, pa- the fact that you see Bill Paxton, this is Ugh. like classic uh, weird science type Bill Paxton. But you have Bill Paxton, you have Michael Bean and Lance Hendrickson, who all played uh, Hicks. No, Bill Paxton. Uh, Michael Bean yeah, movies. Yeah, uh, uh, Michael Bean played Hicks. Uh, Bill Paxton played Hudson. And Lance Hendrickson played um, Bishop, the android. Well, also, um, um, you, did you mention Michael Bean too? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, he was Hicks, and yeah. Bill Paxton was Hudson. I think I was actually gonna, that was actually on my notes. Because and Lance Hendrickson, so all three all, of them all were, in were, were in Aliens. He played Bishop and science everything. Science fiction. I mean, those guys do well in science fiction. You know, I feel like interestingly enough, when when James Cameron was trying to shop this script. Uh, to sell it, mm-hmm. he had his buddy, who was Lance Hendrickson, they were buddies and stuff, dress up as the Terminator mm-hmm. and go in and whenever they went to go, you know, show it to, to you know, the executives at Orion or whatever, he went like kicked down the door I and he was just like walking around that. with like a leather jacket and everything like and glasses like he's the Terminator and everything. And then, of course, James Cameron had a bunch of storyboards. But well, as you notice, we don't really get the the Arnold in the leather you know, I, I, for some reason, I was thinking that he was in in the leather from the get go. You know, Arnold. You know, with the leather jacket. He stuff. was. I mean, like at the very beginning of the movie, he had like a little blue punk jacket or whatever it was. But he did get the leather jacket later in the yeah, movie. Yeah. But what I'm saying is, I, f- I felt like because I think in the remake, because he walks into Arnold walks into the bar. Tech noir. Yeah. No. No. In the remake. Oh yeah. Oh. He walks into the bar. Day. Yeah, and he takes he takes the jacket and the sun, the pink sunglasses or whatever. Oh, it was. oh, that's in part three. Yeah, yeah, and, and and so you know, I was like thinking in this one that he had the leather jacket, but then I'm like, wait, no, that's not the leather jacket right at first. Same thing with the the sunglasses. You know, one yeah, thing yeah, I yeah, noticed the punk with him, aesthetic first. Yeah, exactly, exactly. For that time period, it probably fit. Yeah, so. yeah, and then of course in the second movie, you know, you had the early '90s, it made sense to make him an old biker, but yeah. Uh, this movie was this story, I should say. Uh, it was born out of a fever dream. Um, James Cameron, uh, he was uh, who did he work for? He worked for some kind of director that was known for guerrilla filmmaking. So that means you know you're going over different locations and you're just shooting it. You're not getting permits. You're not yeah. getting approval or anything mm-hmm. like that. You're just shooting it, making it realistic. You know, doing uh, low budget type of mm-hmm. tactics or whatever. Um, so he learned that from his mentor, uh, and uh, he uh, he <laughs> he got his first movie, which was Piranha Two: The Spawning. Um, and he, uh, you know, he he kind of disowns it to this day. He still considers The Terminator his first film, but yeah. his actual, technically, his first film that he directed was Piranha Two, and he hated it. He hated what he do. I think he was down in Peru or something like that. He felt isolated because he didn't know the language down there. He had he was he was sick and he had this fever and everything and so he was all by himself, and uh, he had this image of a metal torso the uh, of like the Terminator uh, coming through fire and crawling towards him, mm-hmm. and uh, he said it was like you know it was one of the scariest things he's he, he you know he's ever felt or seen or whatever, and so he immediately started uh, writing the story, uh, but it also happened to um, to. Uh, kind of resemble a uh, a story from the outer limits. Do you know that story? Mm. Um, you know the 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 controversy with uh, suppo- supposed plagiarism. No, oh, I, I think we talked about this before. 
Yeah. So there's there's a couple a uh, couple episodes of The Outer Limits uh, written by Harlan Ellison. One of them uh, was called The Soldier. And it was about basically two soldiers that came back in time and were fighting each other. And one, like, had, you know, technology or robots or something like that. And it was just, it was, I, I there's not much similarity there, but, you know, soldiers from the future. But mm-hmm. the storyline was completely off and everything. And, you know, but he sued Orion and was like, you know, hey, you, for plagiarism, like you guys ripped me off. This is this is my story, you know. And mm-hmm. James Cameron, of course, was like, no, BS. You know, we're not. You know, this, this is my work. All this kind mm-hmm. of stuff. So, um, to this day, he's called that writer a parasite, and uh, you know, basically tell him where he can stick it and everything. Yeah. But um, so you know that's 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 kind of kind of the controversy about that. But you know he had he had a different idea, and obviously there's a lot of, you know we talk about it a lot on the show Christian allegories, and everything. And you know I mean, can you get more more of an allegory than his name being John Connor, JC, you know yeah. Jesus Christ or yeah. whatever? He's the savior of mankind, yeah. and, you know different things like that. So, um, but it 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 started out. Uh, like that and you know it just kind of progressed and he had all these great ideas and um he got everything set up he got everything casted you know arnold was supposed to come in for the kyle reese character but he liked the terminator a lot more and and james cameron wanted the the studio wanted arnold for um wanted honored for kyle reese and they were going to hire this guy uh named oj simpson to play uh the terminator but there was concern that he maybe was too nice oj simpson was and that he didn't exhibit those killer characteristics some foreboding right there i'll tell you what (laughs) definitely some foreboding right there wow so they didn't think that he could be a convincing killer and apparently a jury of 12 of his peers didn't think so either yeah well so anyways um but finally they casted Arnold ready to go and right when they were, they spent a year of pre-production getting everything ready ready to go and then the producers of Conan uh, the Barbarian uh, exercised a clause in Arnold's contract and said no, you gotta come back and do Conan the Destroyer now yeah. and so they had to put everything on hold because that was a priority contract so he had to go do that. And so while they were waiting, they had to wait for nine months for Arnold to be done with that so they could start shooting the first Terminator. And while they did that, uh, James Cameron was like, oh, I should write some stuff. And he went ahead and wrote Aliens Yeah. <laughs> in the time that he was waiting yeah. to start this. You know, He wrote the Aliens. He wrote, um, what else did he write? He wrote a sequel to something uh, besides Aliens, of course. Uh, but I just thought that was pretty interesting that, you know, in his downtime while he's waiting for, you know, for his actor and everything, he just went ahead and wrote Aliens. He wrote two different scripts at the same time. It was So nuts. he must have been drunk when he wrote Avatar because that's such a horrible movie. <laughs> I know. you. I knew that was going to come up Yeah, <laughs> this conversation. I don't like it that much. I don't think it's as terrible as probably as you do. But I just I don't get the hype around it. I mean, like, I it's, it's a good movie. It's got great visuals and everything. I think the story is uh, whatever. You know, it's like Fern Gully, but uh, you know, it's okay. I, I get it. It's the, like an environmental story. The CGI is not even that good, in my opinion. I don't think it's that good. I mean, 
considering you're creating a world from nothing and creating a planet that that planet was a lot more involved than what you're used to seeing in different so i don't know maybe but i'm kind of with you i'm just like i don't see the big deal but no, i it's probably my it's one of those movies where i'm one of those people that that's the movie for me that everybody loves that i can't stand and i've watched it one time and i refuse to watch it again and he's old now and he's still got three movies to make i think it's supposed to be four in total and he's spent five or six years on this sequel, at least, right? He's been supposedly making it the last few years. And he's got two more to make past this. Is like, this is like a kind of, I feel like this is what he's chosen to do at the twilight of his career or something. I don't know. doesn't make sense to me. I think you could do a lot more things with Terminator, but I don't think you should. I agree. I think I think Terminator 2 is a good ending, and now, we'll talk about why. I did but. like the one with uh, Christian Bale. Um, where it didn't even have salvation. Yeah, it, it had John Connor in it because that's who Christian Bale played. But other than that, there was no other of the uh, except for the very end. You see Arnold coming out, but it, you know it's CGI. Yeah, Arnold. he wasn't in it. He was glad that he got out of that one. I will say it's I enjoyed the, that one. See, Terminator Salvation is the most panned, like like even more so than Genesis. Yeah, um, and it's uh, I. I, I, it didn't feel like a Terminator movie to me because I feel like you got to have time travel for a good Terminator movie. You got to have people that are going up against advanced technology and ha- are utterly, you know, outgunned. Yeah. Um, and, uh, you know, I think that the drama behind the scenes in that movie overshadowed the actual movie itself. I think there were a lot of cool ideas, but. I don't know if they were played out well. I did like the Marcus Wright character. I thought that mm. was kind of interesting. I don't. I just don't think it explained it very well. Well, the fact that he was a prisoner and yeah, you and know. you're like, well, is he still there? Because he's got a heart and a brain, but they just said they laid his consciousness on top of the CPU. So I was like, well, then is he? Not? I don't know. Anyways, that's that. That movie's kind of muddy, but I honestly, I think that it goes in order of they they came out. You know, first and second are great thirds uh and then fourth's a little worse fifth's a little worse dark fate wasn't as bad as i thought it was gonna be but uh, but i, I kind of saw it and i was like yeah, all right well if i never see that again I, won't it was, be upset. That, I think they tried too hard to remake terminator yeah in that in dark in uh well no the the one with um emily clark oh amelia clark amelia that was clark. genesis genesis I, th- I felt like with that one they tried too hard to remake the story in a way. Like like they were like, hey, maybe if we try to do it this way and try to remake it, that maybe we can, you know, kickstart the series again. Well, James Cameron had some good things to say about it because when it first came out, uh, he was getting asked about because uh, he might have had a producing credit. I know he had a producing credit in the last one and he had his hand in it a bit, but... You know, it's it's you know that and that last one was supposed to be an elsewhere, definitely an elsewhere story because it didn't have John Connor or whatever. But okay, so uh, we start off with um, basically a wasteland of nothingness. Twenty twenty nine AD is the year, so we got about about another eight years to go to get caught up to That's the first it. Terminator. Yeah. Um, and uh, war's broken out. The whole world has been nuked to death, basically. The entire Earth, is it's, is it even worth fighting for anymore? Yeah. Everything's wasted away. I mean, are there even trees? This was, okay, Terminators, they could have just 
cut down all the trees, <laughs> you know, or, or find some way to kill all the foliage because they don't need it. Right? I mean, they pretty much did in a way. That's know? what I'm saying. If they just did that, then the atmosphere and, uh, you know, humans would die. But they needed the humans. Yeah. They needed humans basically as a fuel source in a way, you know. Are you thinking of the Matrix? Well, not, okay, not a fuel source, but they, they needed the humans to do, to, what was it? They had them in prison camps and stuff, but it was only to do certain things. And they took, uh, uh, Kyle Reese said that they took um, uh, components of their skin. They used that, those prisoners and their DNA and their skin and everything to create artificial skin for yeah. the infiltrators or whatever. Yeah. So, anyways, it's a wasteland. Um, the 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 credits pop up and talk about the war that that destroyed everything and uh, all that kind of stuff. And now the war, uh, the the humankind won. They won the war. They 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 had their last battle. They beat the machines. They beat Skynet. But there was one more thing that happened. A Terminator got sent back into time as a last desperate, you know, last ditch attempt by Skynet to win. A Terminator was sent back in time to kill the mother of the leader of the human resistance. Right. The leader of the human resistance is John Connor. Uh, his mother is Sarah Connor. So the machines figure if we can kill Sarah Connor, then John will never have been born and we'll be able to win this war because I, apparently one man wins a war. Well, I can tell I you how one, that happens. Well, I can tell you one thing. <clears throat> the Terminator should have just found Kyle Reese and killed him. Yeah, and that they ended everything. Yeah, it's a good thing that they didn't have any kind of files on who John's father was yeah. because, you know, I think John and Sarah are probably the only ones in the world who know yeah. who Kyle's father or who who John's father is. Yeah. So, I mean, they only had it says they only had they didn't know much about Sarah either. You yeah. know, they only knew where she lived. Like what um, city she lived and in. what her name was, you know. Yeah. So, he had to kind of just go through the phone book and everything, but um, so, anyways, we open up uh, with uh, uh, a big old behemoth dude, time traveling, ends up being Arnold Schwarzenegger in his prime. Yep. And um, he uh, kills some punks, one of them played by Bill Paxton. Yep. And uh, gets some clothes and starts his starts his search for Sarah Connor. And then Kyle Reese comes out of the same thing, and he's of course all scarred up. Why did he drop? Why did he? stay on the ground like the Terminator did. Well, and if you look at every single one of the Terminator movies, they all were on the ground kneeling in some some fashion. But he came or, in midair and then just yeah. like dropped on the ground. I'm like, oh God, that hurts. Maybe it was like a last ditch effort to send him back as quickly as possible or something. Because if we, we learned in the future movies that, you know, they, they ended up taking over one of these uh, time yeah, you know, time machines or but whatever. We don't pay attention to those. No, no, but but we're doing a lot of assumptions. Yeah, here. but but they get one of the time machines, and so they probably were like, okay, well, we found out that you know the Terminators are going to send somebody back, but then, you know, so we need to send somebody back. Yeah, yeah, it might have been a thing where like the Terminators are just heavy metal, so sturdy that they kind of just sit in place because, as we saw, we even though we don't pay attention to them, the uh, some of the time travel shows them floating in air. Yeah. And everything. So I don't know. Maybe the Terminators are too heavy, and they just you know stay on the ground. Whereas the time displacement going, you know, you're you're kind of in midair. I don't know. But I know that that stunt sucked for the stunt man because it wasn't Michael Bean, but he had to. They had to drop him with no clothes, no, no padding, shoes, nothing. nothing. Yeah. They just had to drop him a good like ten feet to make it look realistic. Man, that must have hurt. That must have. 
But so anyways, he gets dressed. Uh, he's followed by some cops. I got to say something about that, him getting dressed, because this one on my notes here is that he I don't grabs know if you're a pair say the same of thing. Nikes <laughs> oh, okay, out of the discount bin. You know, like, you know, you go to uh, like. Uh, What's he thinking? Should have well, grabbed Adidas, right? Well, no, I'm, just I, I'm just the fact that like, you know. Those are the bins that, like, nowadays, you know, you go to Walmart or something, or you go to one of these shoe things, and they put the really cheap shoes and the discount Yeah, but bins. Nike wasn't really popular I know, until but that's, that's Jordan. How, how crazy is that, that, that he just goes in there and happens to just grab a pair of Nikes out of the bin, where now nowadays, probably back then, they were like 15 bucks for their pair of Nikes. Nowadays, they're like 100 or over for that pair of Nikes. Probably that same pair of Nikes is probably over $100 now. That scene has always bugged me because people that wear shoes without socks, and my son tries to do it all the time, I'm like, that is nasty, that is disgusting. You're going to stink, your feet are going to stink, and I'm going to have to smell it. And, and you're, so. you're, you're thinking that he's pretty much wearing those Nikes the entire film. Yeah. But if he, you know, one thing I want to say, you know, he goes through there, he goes through the, the athletic store, or whatever you want to call it, you know, and getting away from the cops, and then, you know, he knows to look in phone books and stuff to look up Sarah Connor. But, I mean, he, he got pretty pretty accurate right on the nose. Maybe he had some information from John. Probably John gave him some information. They probably told her, told him exactly where, where she lived because, remember, his yeah. that car he stole the next morning, it was parked right outside her apartment when she went to leave. Yeah. Um, well, it was there whenever, you know, she went out to have her burger and all that yeah. kind of stuff. So, obviously, he, you know, he knew John, so he had a lot more information. There's than, a lot of trench coats in this movie. Did you notice that? Yeah, it was a trench coachy time, yeah. uh, trench coaty time back then. Yeah, I, I noticed that. I mean, including him. I mean, it, it was very it, useful for, <clears throat> for Kyle Reese because he had to saw off that shotgun yeah. and be able to slip it under that jacket, you know. And, and uh, but if you watch a lot of these 80 movies, 80s movies, all of them were trench coats, you know, especially ones that were trying to hide guns and such. You know? Yeah. I like this opening because, you know, you see two violent guys come back, right? One is straight up killing people. The other dude, he rips this guy off. He's, he's you know, roughing the cops up. You know, he's on the run and all this kind of stuff. So you're kind of like, well... You know, you can obviously guess who's the good guy. And, you know, now we know. But when it first came out, I think it portrayed it in a way where, like, you weren't sure if they were both trying to kill her. Yeah. I mean, obviously Arnold was. Yeah. That was completely clear. Mm -hmm. You know, after she he killed the yeah. first two Sarahs. Mm -hmm. But you weren't really sure what what he was doing there and why he didn't just grab her right there and and go yeah um so so it, it's pretty interesting and you could tell that he's a good soldier because i mean within the first five minutes he's fully clothed he has a shotgun and he's got a trench coat and he's walking down the street blending in when he just had a run in with the cops yeah. and now he's he's good to go so yeah. good soldier good tactics good in instincts and all that kind of stuff um and then we get to you know when they're trying to uh find sarah yeah and uh, I don't know. I don't know if it's if because it, he had said that he had to wait until the Terminator zeroed in on him because he couldn't he didn't know who it was. You yeah. know, Terminators are meant to blend in, even mm -hmm. though it's Arnold Schwarzenegger. But here's the thing, you know, she was probably what a buck thirty five soaking wet, you know, but having to kidnap somebody like that, you know, in broad daylight uh, in a in a uh, environment that you are not used to, you know it would have made it extremely difficult because you know it would have, all it would have took is a cop to catch him and put him in jail and then the whole movie would be over you know what i mean the whole the whole story would be over the terminator would have got to sarah connor and killed him yeah you know what i mean and and 
you know, that's kind of going back to the what I was going to talk about at for the beginning of this is that, you know, I felt like Sarah Connor was a bad from the beginning. <clears throat> like she was already she wasn't no wuss or, you know, she wasn't a, a, a big baby or she wasn't like, you know, a, a damsel in distress. I think from the get go start of her, you know, that we see as Sarah Connor because she only cries once throughout the movie. And that's when Ginger, when she found out Ginger was killed, her roommate. And she, she probably handled it a lot better than normal people. Would, right, right. And that's that to me, I think Sarah Connor, even before she went through all this, I think she was sort of a, she was very worldly. Like she, she understood she had street smarts and she was also smart in general. You get to the club scene. She doesn't drink, you know, a lot of, a lot of people would, you know, have a drink to settle their nerves or something like that, but she doesn't drink in the, in the club scene. She's offered a drink, but she, she denies it because you know what she's going through. A lot of weaker will people probably would have been like, give me a drink. I, I need a drink to kind of calm my nerves. You know what I mean? But mm-hmm. she, she was smart and also super, super strong. I think from the get go. I agree that she uh, reacted and accepted what was going on pretty well, considering what was going on and the fact that she was the one being, you know, hunted. Yeah. Uh, I disagree. I think I think you know because she's supposed to be eighteen, and yeah. by the time this movie got released, they said she was nineteen because Linda Hamilton's obviously quite a bit older than eighteen yeah. in this movie. Not quite a bit, but you know, older. Um, She's supposed to be an 18, 19 year old girl. She has no drive in life. But that's what I'm saying. Like, like if, if you look at it too, is that like her, her roommate, right? <clears throat> she knew her boyfriend was coming over. She was dress, dressing up, putting makeup, you know, being real girly. And then Linda Hamilton comes out with some jeans and a, and a sweatshirt, you know, or a sweater or whatever it was, you know, and not all dolled up or nothing else like that for her date, you know, and then she ends up, like I said, deciding to go get a hamburger, but she wasn't getting all dressed up like her roommate was for her date yeah you know that night so you know in a way that she i don't know she was just i thought she was just really smart and she was kind of tough from the get-go i felt like you know i don't know i feel like uh kyle taught her a lot of things she froze when the terminator came up on her uh when somebody fell on her again she froze again it's what's i think because i think that james cameron wanted her to be like that because she's not this savior you know uh she was never meant to and she even says she's like do i look like some kind of a savior now she did have natural instincts i will give you that because one she accepted this pretty well this is an insane story that kyle's telling yeah and she accepted it pretty much now she had already seen the dude get shot and get back up and everything wondering how he could do that but there were some pretty good explanations given to her at the police station but she still had doubts that the police were wrong and that kyle was right you know so i think it, it but you know later on he's like you know that, that's a really good field dressing and she's like it's my first one so she's right. got those natural instincts to be kind of like a um a baddie an active go-getter you know somebody that can take care of business or whatever but she's not there yet she hasn't been jump-started yet now by the end yeah definitely because kyle was useless from the moment they were driving in that truck and he went to throw that bomb and the terminator shot and the bomb went off kind of right in his hands yeah from then on kyle was basically useless he was you know because it had 
maybe caused a concussion or something like that you know he he was like dragging the rest of the time and she was kind of dragging him around the rest of the time and everything so so yeah she had to take over there at the end and she's the one that killed the terminator in the end so i think she i think you're right that she had those natural instincts in her ready to go but they had to be primed you know and that's what the movie was about i feel yeah. Um, so yeah, I par I, I partially yeah I, I I could see that and I I agree with some of that. Um, so so I mean we get we get there and you know we Kyle we go to Club Noir, um, Tech Noir te- Tech Noir, which is a good description of what this movie is because it's yeah you know tech as far as you know uh, computers and robots mm-hmm. and everything and noir because it's like a cat and mouse yeah type of uh, story yeah detective type you know yeah investigative that that club was was made just for the movie and uh, it was so realistic that they actually had people start to line up outside trying to get into the club the new club that was just built there so well just the fact that you know she thought she hid you know she knew she was being chased by kyle reese you know or followed by kyle reese that mind you you know and then they get in the club and and you know he he kind of plays it a little cool at first you know like he he pretends like when when he's walking behind her or whatever that you know he he's keeps, just looking ahead. He, yeah, he keeps going. So she kind of she's still smart enough to know that even though when she goes in there, he's like you could tell he's like really looking in there. Yeah, but that yeah. could be anybody just looking and see what's going on. Right, right. And and at first, you know, she's kind of like, eh, you know, he might not be following me now, but somebody's definitely following me. You know, and they and get passed by. Yeah, and then all of a sudden, you know, they go to Ar- Arnold goes to Ginger's you know, to their apartment and kills the boyfriend and ginger, you know, and, and basically kind of figures out she's at this club and then he goes to the club. I bet he killed ginger and was like, yes, my mission is complete. <laughs> and then he heard Sarah on the answering machine. machine. He quickly looked over like, damn it. Yeah. Thought I yeah. had her. But so he goes to the club and, you know, you got Kyle Reese, Sarah Connor, and then you have the Terminator, you know, the Terminator sh- shows up basically kind of spots her almost instantly. I like how she spots Kyle at the bar. Like it's it's real slow motion. He looks, she looks, and she's like, "Oh my gosh!" Yeah. And looks, and he like slowly looks over to her. Yeah. And you're just like, you didn't even see him come in. No. So that's how like a stealthy soldier he is. Yeah. Like he walked by, and mm-hmm. then he probably went around to the back, yeah. find found some way to sneak in, and then just walked up to the bar real casually and yeah. stuff. So, so so they you know it's Arnold's like a special ops soldier. Right, right. So you get Arnold, and he starts popping off, and then you know Kyle Reese is basically like okay now i gotta make my move you know i mean it's it's too late to do i gotta pop else. off to you so he starts popping off you know right kyle reese starts popping off and he took the less safe route yeah. for whatever reason <laughs> you see sarah connor in front of the, did you see when that girl that was running behind sarah connor right when arnold arnold was like i don't care or terminator was like i don't care i'm just gonna shoot everybody yeah and he goes to shoot sarah connor but that girl like hits her in the back and you don't see any like blood, or you don't see any like explosion or anything. She just kind of falls. Oh forward. really? I thought I saw a squib come out. I don't remember seeing one because I was looking for it, and and she just kind of falls forward and then knocks Sarah Connor on the ground, and then so Sarah Connor, you know, gets up. Well, Kyle, Kyle <laughs> and that girl that fell on her was maybe like a hundred pounds. Like if that that shows you how weak Sarah was at this point, she couldn't even get yeah. get out from under this this person. Physically, who had okay, on her. I'll give you that. <laughs> but but the fact that you know. Kyle Reese drops a couple rounds into the Terminator, which if if we watch any of the other movies, it doesn't even make the Terminator move. But for some reason, Kyle Reese ha- knew exactly where to shoot him or something. Knocks knocks the Terminator on the ground. Yeah, well, and runs over there to pick up. Well, he had a shotgun. 
Yeah, but because I mean, the T-1000 only ever had a pistol, pew 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 pew, yeah. and so it didn't do anything to Arnold, but the shotgun did. Yeah, well, his 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 little weapons then made his hands into his, his knivey knivey hands. But so so Kyle goes and picks up basically Sarah Con- Connor, runs her out to a um, basically a uh, uh, what is it a just car on the side of the street, you know, in the back hot, alley. Yeah, and hot, that's hot when, wires it like in a weird way too. If you notice, like he pops off the ignition. No, that was when they were in the car park. Oh, that's right. Yeah, he, this one was the one the car that he had already stolen, so it was ready to go. And that's whenever okay. the Terminator got on fire and burned his eyebrows off for the rest of the movie. Which which I think it kind of was a horrible idea. They should have not done that. I like it because at the beginning it's showing that he you don't know who he is. You just know he's a tough guy because you haven't you, you haven't seen that he's a Terminator yet. All for all you yeah. know, he's just some kind of assassin. That's he's obviously come back in time but he's some yeah. kind of assassin and everything very strong but then once you find out and once Kyle's like alright listen the Terminator's an infiltration unit part man part machine underneath it's a hyper alloy combat chassis microprocessor controlled fully armored very tough but outside it's living human tissue flesh skin hair blood grown for the cyborgs look Reese I don't know what you want pay attention I gotta ditch this car the 600 series had rubber skin. We spotted them easy. But these are new. They look human. Sweat, bad breath, everything. Very hard to spot. I had to wait till he moved on you before I could zero him. Look, I am not stupid, you know. They cannot make things like that yet. Not yet. Not for about 40 years. Are you saying it's from the future? One possible future. From your point of view, I don't know tech stuff. Then you're from the future too, is that right? Right. Right. That's then he starts to degrade. Yeah. And they they you know you know the, you could tell the skin has died because it starts becoming looking more rubbery and white and everything like that. So I I like that because it shows the degradation into becoming the machine and yeah, everything. but you would think with. That much fire, it would have burned all the hair on top of his head. But then, then I think he would have looked just ridiculous. Not Arnold's pretty hair. You can't do that. Yeah. So, but anyways, they, they get in the car and they're driving around and he's chasing them. And uh, what, what did he get into? He got into a... He got into the cop car. The cop car. That's mm-hmm. right. Yeah. So he's chasing him with the cop car. And so they, they end up, you know, driving through, shooting at each other. And then you could see that... that uh, um, this is my favorite part of the movie, by the way. Really? It's because all the lore is laid out. This is, this is when this is Kyle's exposition scene. Yeah. Now, normally, exposition, just spoken, telling you the story, mm-hmm. is a bad thing. It's it's like writing 101. You you show, you don't tell. You, yeah. know, you should be showing with, with the movie uh, visually instead of having an actor just saying, well, here's what happened, blah, 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 blah. But obviously, he has to tell her what's going on so yeah. it works. And everything he's saying is absolutely nuts, and not one of us would believe him. Mm-hmm. You know, even back then, we wouldn't believe him. Yeah. Um, and but she does, and it's because I think because one, Kyle, you know, is so earnest about what he's saying, yeah. so convincing. Two, she's seen this guy get up from shotgun. She's uh, literally shots. getting chased by a Terminator. But it so. could have been something that was staged by Kyle, and this was maybe his friend or whatever that just acted like that because they're crazy people. But in the moment, more than likely, no. Yeah, in the moment, you're doing that, uh, and 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 so I I just think it's really and Michael Bean's delivery of everything. He is so into it because you could deliver these lines, 
and it sounds terrible. It's like, oh, yeah. this is cheesy. Who would believe this or whatever? But he, the way he he delivers it, it's 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 this guy that has been in the midst of battle and you know <laughs> knows how to yell talk. Cyborgs don't feel pain. I do. Don't do that again. Just let me go. Listen and understand. That Terminator is out there. It can't be bargained with. It can't be reasoned with. It doesn't feel pity or remorse or fear. And it absolutely will not stop ever until you are dead. Really gets into it. So yeah. I just like it because it tells basically the whole lore. Once they get parked, he talks about, you know, there was one man who taught us to, to smash these machines. And his name mm. was Connor. John Connor, your yeah. son, your unborn son. And so, I mean, it, it, it lays out the whole lore and everything. There are other cool parts in the movie. I just really like that because it's 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 Sarah Connor's first introduction to her destiny. Yeah. And to her son's destiny. And the fact that, you know, I thought... That was, first car ride. Right. And and at first, you know, I was like, why is he telling her model numbers of these Terminators? And I, I wrote a, a note on that. That's all he needs. And, That's all he knows. Right, right. And... and you know, it seemed like telling her model numbers, things like that, was a little bit more confusing. But then you find out at the very end of this film why he was getting in such detail of telling her everything about the future and everything about Terminators, numbers, serial numbers. Because then she took that knowledge and and basically, you know, recorded all of it for John so that he would be have a leg up you know right. from that point on when he was born to 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 judgment day and even though we're not talking about this but we had yeah. talked about terminator salvation yeah and you see christian bale's john listening to those tapes the whole movie yeah yeah but that's what i'm saying is he 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 in a way you know told her all that detail i think so that she could relay it to john you know early on so that's why john was the savior you know because guarantee if he didn't tell her all this stuff I don't think John would have been at that place in the future. Maybe not, but you know, I wonder what was going through Kyle's head when he came back because obviously he's grown up just knowing the war. So when he first came back, it had to have thrown him for a loop to see city buildings standing mm -hmm. so high and all that cuz they'd all been wiped out by yeah. the time he was he was born and old enough to see it. Um, so I wonder what his plan was to like somehow kill the Terminator and then just wait out until Judgment Day. Maybe he mm. was planning on being there to help raise or whatever because it's I, a one-way trip. I, yeah, and he said it was a one-way trip. Nobody goes back. I still think I am a believer that he went to his grave still not knowing he was John's father. No, no. I, I knew that because they did hook up. Yeah. And it might have maybe crossed his mind like, wait a minute. We're hooking up right now. Am I? You yeah. know, that type of thing. Are we going to be together? And if we are to be going to be together, am I the father or whatever? Yeah. But, you know, he they talked so about- He was so war-torn that he wasn't even probably thinking about that. And not only that, he was a virgin. Yeah. So, I mean, like, this was a whole new experience. He probably wasn't thinking about all that. But, and then right after, as they're getting dressed, Terminator shows up and then it's onto your death type of thing. So you I notice don't the think dog, ever... the dog at the hotel is the same dog at the end of the movie. <clears throat> If the the dog that warns them to get out of the oh, hotel, it? it's a German Shepherd, and at the very end of the movie, I always wondered you know whose dog I, that is. James Cameron probably. And or, do you know what the dog's name is? What Wolfie? 
You remember T2 when he's yeah. like, uh, Wolf, Wolfie. What's, what's the na- dog's name? Wolf, Max. Bar- yeah, barking. Oh, what's wrong with Wolfie? Yeah. So that's why they used Wolfie because that was his name. But, but if you if you notice at the hotel, there was just a, a stray dog sitting out in front of I him. I thought it was like the, the hotel manager's dog that was just chilling. Right, right. But if, if you look at it, it's the same exact dog than the same that's sitting next to her and in the famous picture. That everybody right. and all the Terminators and, and seem to have. Amelia Clark repeated and yeah. all that. Yeah. But that same dog, and I'm kind of wondering if we look at the Amelia Clark one, because doesn't she have a dog too? It, it's in there. She has this weird looking wig and all okay. that. Yeah, it does show Amelia Clark as the Sarah in that picture. But I'm saying, no, I'm saying looking. the dog though. I'm wondering if it's the same it, the It's same a German Shepherd, yeah. So, so isn't that kind of cool that if you look at, if you look at the dog... In front of the hotel, it's the same dog at the end of the movie. I didn't know. I actually didn't pick up on that. I wonder if it's the same looking dog or if it is actually. I mean, obviously in the movie they probably used the same dog because it yeah. was cheaper. But I wonder if in the movie, if she like somehow went back to the motel and got the dog well, or something. It, if it wasn't for that dog, they wouldn't have got out in time. That dog yeah, started yeah. barking when when exactly. the Terminator started coming around. And did you see when they walked up, Kyle like like kind of pet the dog and i think he was like okay this dog's here i'm uh, i feel uh-huh. safe here because and did you know when they walked up and asked for a room the voice of the person inside that's james cameron as well oh really yeah <laughs> but that that's why i was like i was like i did not notice that at first i was like you know because you see in the end of the movie and you're like well, so she, she just picked up a dog just randomly have a dog right next to her in that famous picture and i was like wait that is a dog in that famous picture from the terminators and i said you know and then I was like, "Wait a minute! That's the same exact dog that war- warned them to escape the ho- because it would all have been over if that dog didn't bark." You know, the Terminator wasn't being loud. He was coming around the corner. You know, he was asking you know at the front desk or whatever, but he was coming around the <laughs> he corner. He shows up and he's like, "Fucking dog!" Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but but I kind of feel like it was an homage to the dog to to put him at the end of the film, like saying that he's fine and dandy, and then she adopted him, took care of him, or whatever. Now you know? knowing that. I'm assuming that the Terminator knew that Kyle was from the future as well. Oh, yeah. Had to have. You know, because it it was probably just a a deduction. There's no proof, maybe, or maybe, I don't know. But either way, he had to assume, and knowing that, I don't know why the Terminator wouldn't have killed that dog, like, immediately. Pulling up, seeing the dog, kill it. You know, even with, like, one with a silencer. I mean, that Mm -hmm. might still have been heard, but... But But anyway, You almost kind of think if, if Kyle Reese might have recognized that dog in that picture, too, and was saying... Hmm, this looks a lot like that dog. Yeah. You know, but the, the, the picture is one of the coolest things about the story. And it's things that I love about storytelling. And it's because, you know, you see the picture that he has in a flashback in a dream that he has. Um, and it's a picture of Sarah with this dog and she's sitting in a Jeep and everything. And, um, and then afterwards he talks about it. He's like, you know, John, give me a picture of you. Um, and I never knew why he gave it to me. I mean, you know, you're like, you're like, hey, here, here, uh, one of my soldiers. I mean, you might be one of my top soldiers, but I'm going to give you a picture of my mother. He is a soldier through and through. He doesn't think past what the mission is. That's it, that, that's like a true sto- soldier because now you could say, well, he's just an idiot for not putting that together. Yeah. But I mean, would you, you would think that maybe John would tell me I'm his father or whatever and that i yeah i'd have to deal with that maybe there you know john didn't tell him just in case he didn't want to go back or whatever but. well no i think john didn't tell him because it would have changed some things in the story i think i i feel like he would have it would have pushed things a little bit too far for sarah connor he had to let it develop naturally yes because 
the same thing happened with Terminator 2 and the mm-hmm. T-800 that came back with uh, to protect John. Mm-hmm. There were some things that I have some questions about that I'll ask next yeah. next episode. But, you know, same thing. Yeah. So so he had to he had. To, but what I like about that picture is that, you know, she she gave it to him and he didn't think anything about it. Mm-hmm. But he always looked at this picture and then he eventually fell in love with yeah. her, you know. Well, you saw just through you a saw, picture. you know, when that picture was on fire, he was he was just broken. He was just like, I don't know what to do. I don't know whether or not to grab it out of the fire. It's already burned. You know, but we got Terminators here. That, I like that they show that it burned too because it made him want to go back even more because he wanted to see her face again. Yeah, yeah. And he didn't have anything else to see her face anymore because she yep. was probably dead by the time he got that picture or whatever. But not only that, but he told her, he goes, you know, you had this, you were in this picture and you had this look of sadness in you. Um, I don't know why you were sad. He goes, you were young like you are now. And he's like, but I always wondered what you were thinking about yeah, and what made you so sad. And you see in that moment, she's on the thing. She goes, should I tell you about your father? Boy, that's a tough one. Will it affect your decision to send him here, knowing that he is your father? If you don't send Kyle, you can never be. God, a person could go crazy thinking about this. I suppose I will tell you. I owe him that. Maybe it'll help if you know that in the few hours that we had together, we loved a lifetime's worth. I owe I owe it to Kyle to tell you about him and who he was. Yeah. It's going to be hard on you to now have the information and have to send mm-hmm. him back in time. But I owe it to Kyle to tell his son, you know, who he was. And as she's saying that, that kid takes the picture. Yeah. And, you know, as she's thinking about that. So the sadness when he's like, I always wonder what you were thinking about and what you were so sad about. She was thinking about him. Yeah. And, you know, just the stuff that comes full circle like that. I just love it's this that's the stuff that chokes me up that's the stuff that gets me gives me goosebumps and gets me chills about any kind of storytelling whether it's a movie a book a tv show when you have something like that that's set up and you pay it off at the end and it's just like this cool little moment the thing the thing that bothered me and this is the only this is like the main thing that's bothered me about time travel in this movie in particular now don't get too far into it because we don't want to like confuse ourselves no no i'm just saying well it's it's kind of just weird way of thinking. Okay. Kyle's from the future. He was not even born yet. Technically in the time that he came back to impregnate Sarah Connor, who John Connor technically is older than he is. He wasn't even born yet in Terminator two. I know because John even said to the Terminator, he's not even born yet. Yeah. But what I'm saying is, <laughs> but how confusing, if you think about it, it's like, okay, Kyle Reese is John's father with Sarah Connor, who happens to be, you know what 40 years older than Kyle Reese let's see 40 years older than Kyle Reese technically speaking John Connor is technically around probably 30 years to 20 years something like that or about 30 probably about 30 years older than Kyle Reese but Kyle Reese is his father yeah and it doesn't really say his age but if if she's 18 well, he said, 19 he said the terminators were created 40 years 
from that point, from 1984, it said the Terminator. Uh, yeah, it was 2024. Yeah, he said he said the Terminators were created 40 years uh, from now. But Judgment Day was 97. Yeah, and Kyle was born after that, yeah. and I think it was right after that. Yeah. Um, is because he grew up in the wasteland or whatever. And he'd have to, if this is 2029, 1997, let's say he was born in 1998. Yeah. Okay. So 2008, 18. So he's about 31 if he was born in 98. Mm -hmm. At least 31. That's as old as he can be. Yeah. Um, So... He's 30, but I, I honestly think he's probably more like 25, 26. Yeah. And she's 18, 19 yeah. or whatever. So he, he'll never be older than that. No. And it, I don't know. It's just, I, I think it's. It's very confusing. If you really, really start to think about it, and you're like, wait a minute. Okay. So he's John's father, but, but that's he's actually why, younger than John. By that's why John years. is an aberration. Yeah. Because if this war had never happened, John would never exist. Yeah. And John was the only one that could beat the war. It's like one of these like prophecies, like mm-hmm. Harry Potter, like <laughs> only one can win or yeah. whatever it is. But it's only in that circumstance. Mm-hmm. John doesn't exist without that circumstance. Yeah. You know? Yeah. So it's just, it's it's crazy. Yeah, it, it is crazy to think about. So we got to reverse just a little bit to my favorite scene of the film. Uh, okay. What's your favorite scene? The co- uh, the police station. Oh. Uh, when Arnold comes back, this is the first time he says, I'll be back. In, in any of these movies, he goes up to the very front of the cop, and he says, oh, you know, is, is Sarah Connor here? I'm a friend of Sarah Connor. Can I see her, please? I'm a friend of Sarah Connor. I was told that she's here. Could I see her, please? No, can't see her. She's making a statement. Where is she? Look, it may take a while. I want to wait. There's a bench over there. I'll be back. Yeah, that's the first time he says that scene to it. Just some random cop. And the original character. line was was supposed to be, I'll come back. Yeah. Which is terrible. God. Thank God. I'll come back. Yeah, isn't that, isn't that uh, grammatically incorrect? Uh, I'll come back. Because you're, you're saying come and then back. Yeah, but then you'll say, I'm, I'll be. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. And I'm usually pretty good with grammar and stuff like yeah. that. I don't know what's. Don't but, know. but the fact that he, then he decides to draw. I think this is one of the most famous scenes from all the Terminator films. Not saying the famous scene, because, I mean, you know, the, the being chased by the 18 wheeler and, and, you know, John Connor and the Terminator on the, uh, in the part two, you know, when they're on the motorcycle, that's a pretty famous scene, too. But I think this is one of the most famous scenes because in some of the later movies, they actually come back to this scene in particular. Well, it's a good representation of how dangerous the Terminators were because yeah. in the future, you know, you have a ragtag bunch of people that haven't eaten in maybe days, haven't drank water in a day or two. Yeah. They're tired. They're mm-hmm. all this kind of stuff. Now they have better weapons to combat the Terminator, yeah. but they're you still know, taking out Terminators with they're hardcore fighters. Yeah. yeah, but they're 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 kind of wasted, you know, yeah. and it's like a hard battle. Whereas these are seasoned cops now. They haven't been through a war and everything, but yeah. they got a lot of weapons and all that. You see, they didn't they didn't pull out their 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 uh, stupid their issued pistols, their their official issue pistols. Well, they're pulling that. They'll pull out. I'd be glad that if I didn't because they, they don't. Not that they knew this, but it doesn't have much effect on the no Terminator, no. But so uh, they're they're pulling out Uzis and and uh, you know all you know heavy heavy machinery 
and they are blasting the Terminator, but he gets he shoots him down. He knocks him down with a shotgun. First of all, how how lucky of a day is Doctor Silverman having? He passes right. Uh, he by checks the Terminator his beeper. As he walks in. Terminator comes in, uh, puts his beeper back down, and walks out. And then you don't uh, yeah. see him until the next. But movie. he gets another chance at it in part two, and then. He sees that, and then he's in part three again as well. Yeah. But anyways. But but the fact that, because they go back to that cop scene, you know, they show video of the cop scene, you know. And well, they show the pictures. Yeah, You're talking about of Terminator the Terminator. Yeah. Well, yeah, they, they show the pictures. Comparing because it, it to the yeah. mall. And so. Um, I agree. I think, it's a, I think it's a really great scene because, like I was saying, there he said, we got 30 cops in this building. And it's like. That don't so, mean a thing. Because one Terminator cleared out that entire building. There wasn't how, one left. How did Kyle Reese get away? Get out of there? Uh, he's handcuffed and he's in a locked room. Yeah, but I mean, I'm sure he's been through some shit. You know, I think he was a prisoner. Well, I think that gets into later movies or whatever. But, it's but cr- there's cr- a good chance that he was at one time a prisoner and broke out of Terminator camps. I think he can get out of Yeah, he gets out of cuffs well. and he gets out of a locked police uh, interrogation room. I think what he did was waited until he knew the Terminator was going to come. Oh, yeah. And so yeah. he probably was like either trying to pick a lock or getting ready. And as soon as he knew that they were distracted... Yeah. He knew exactly what to do to get out of that situation, but he waited because he knew if he tried to get out of it, then they just lock him up yeah. even more, and then he'd be screwed. Well, and then you get Lance Hendrickson. He, he thinks he's going to do any better than his partner, <laughs> who just got shot. Who yeah. just got shot. Instead of saying, "Oh, you know, checking on his partner," his partner's like dying. I mean, he's wheezing. <gasps> and, yeah, and he comes around with a bigger gun, but he kind of looked like a, a bad butt with that gun. You know, I mean, coming around that corner, you know, coming out of that room when his partner's just kind of sitting down yeah. there. It, personally, I would think that. You know, yeah, you're not going to stop the Terminator. I'd worry more about my partner, you know. Because yeah, but I'm you don't know that. Shot. Yeah. It's just some guy. Remember, they don't believe that story. Yeah. But when he shows up and they've seen this guy get shot and he's taking down all these cops and everything. And, yeah, they said the Kevlar thing. But do you think that there was any time when they were like, shoot him in the face? No, or they were like. Eh, Kyle might have a point. Yeah, <laughs> maybe that Kyle. Maybe we should let him out of his cuffs. Yeah, <laughs> a little bit too late there for them. But yeah, he died pretty quickly. Both those cops died pretty quickly after. You got to admit that these were this the the cops in this film were classic eighties cops. You know what I mean? I mean that that cop car, those cop cars they were driving around. I use I that was my very first car when when I was in New Mexico. Mm. That was yeah, my that very white that one Dodge that you Diplomat. into the ditch. Do- yeah. No, I spun it into a ditch. <laughs> yeah, that's what I meant. Um, Dodge Diplomat, you know, and those were the classic, you know, 80s type cop cars that the cops dressed, you know, in, in cheap, cheap suits, you know, drinking coffee on the regular, you know, always everybody's drinking coffee. And, you know, this this tough guy, you know, I mean, I know Lethal Weapon was kind of in the 90s, you know, but but I'm saying like. Well, well, the first one was in 89, or wasn't it late, late 80s? No, the, first the second one was in the late 80s, so the first one might have been like 86. So it was like kind of like that setup, you know, that that type of cop, you know, they, they just take no no prisoners, take no uh, guff from anybody. You yeah, know, for ta- this police station to be an L.A. police station, Yeah, the one in Lethal Weapon was a lot be- more believable as a police, because that thing was huge, and this place seemed like a little small-town police yeah, station. Yeah, yeah. So, but they had arrested him coming down the streets in downtown L.A, so... The whole, he's about to go out with a blaze of glory. Yeah, that, I just realized why. Why was that police station so small? I, I mean, obviously for the movie, for the filming, yeah, you had to have a, you couldn't have a Terminator take out a building of like yeah. two hundred people. But but the fact that it was, I don't know. That, that maybe that's a little. That's kind yeah. of a little tweak there. That let me ask you a question: Do you think they could have filmed this movie during the daytime? <laughs> 
I mean, they did a little bit very, you know, at the hotel scene and stuff like that. But that was kind of like when it was, you know, they were sleeping and everything else like that. But that was like the calm period of the movie. I think it makes more sense um, because Kyle even mentions you you don't go out during the day. It's too dangerous. Um, You can move around a little bit at nighttime. Um, And that was in the future. And uh, the Terminator's here. So they obviously operate better at nighttime or, Mm -hmm. you know, in the daytime, maybe. I don't know. I I think. Because you move to the second one and there is a lot of day day scenes, you know. Yeah, but that's because the the Terminator doesn't have to worry about hiding in there. But as Kyle Reese, he didn't have much. So he works better at nighttime. It's harder for the Terminator to track him, maybe, or whatever, to track them or, or whatever it may be. But. The behind the scenes reason for that is because they had a very low budget and a lot of this was the guerrilla filmmaking yeah. that I was talking about yeah. earlier. They didn't have permits. Yeah. They shot a lot of stuff that they weren't supposed to shoot. Now, like the truck explosion, a few other things, like some car chases and stuff, mm-hmm. that was okay. But like Arnold breaking out the window with his fist, that was the very last thing shot for the movie, and they didn't have a permit. They just quickly went to this thing, spent a couple hours shooting it, good to go. Um, that last shot of them driving off, of her driving off into the desert as the credits roll, um, that whole thing at the gas station, <clears throat> they were stopped by cops who asked them for permits, and they said that they were UCLA students just filming mm-hmm. a film because you don't need a permit mm-hmm. if you're a college student. You're, it's not an actual production you're making money off of yeah. and everything. So they had to they had to do a lot of lying and stuff like that. Now, obviously, at a but much bigger budget, but well, maybe that's I like that it takes takes place. At uh, night. I do too, but you know, maybe that's why Kyle didn't try to pursue sarah connor until it got dark well yeah but he was there for a whole like he got there at nighttime and then he was there for a whole day and then he i think he was like he said he was just falling because the original premises of a premise of a terminator is it's supposed to be an average everyday man yeah and that's why like they were looking at certain people for for the terminator but until arnold came he really didn't put that together he was like well you know what this is a big machine it would probably be hard to kind of stand out, yeah. you know. So they're still infiltrators, but you know they're big dudes and yeah. everything. So and, and I got to say, Lyndall Ham- Hamilton is a horrible crier. She's a horrible crier, like is not believable at all. She's crying, you know, when she found out about Ginger dying, you know, getting killed and everything. And Ginger, yeah, but it was just she is a horrible crier. Like she's one of these actresses that cannot cry mm. properly. She broke her ankle right before this movie started filming. So really, all of her that running they did at the end, they had to completely switch the schedule up. So that's why she has a slight bit of a limp. Yeah, um, they all have limps. Kyle has a Kyle limp at the end. Limbs, yeah. The the Terminator. Well, he just got through shot being shot. So yeah, you know. and and yeah, the Terminator had a limp, but that was because it moved funny. And it, it didn't really move prop, you know, naturally. So yeah. uh, Cameron wrote in a little part there whenever he got out of the truck explosion. Yeah. That that's why the Terminator would limp yeah. along there. Well, and, and Arnold was Jack, so you know he can't walk like a normal pure person, being that Jack any jacked anyways. You know what I mean? Yeah. And so, you know, I, I just thought, you know, the only thing is, is I like we were talking about this um, off off camera, I should say. Um, but I, I felt like the last part was kind of rushed in a way, you know, the, when, when they're, they're driving basically to this factory, you know, and, and this, this, uh, it wasn't as metalworks factory. It wasn't as executed well as Terminator two, but it had a lot of the same elements and including a car crash that crashes 
they get in new vehicles and it starts up again. Yeah. You know, yeah. it's the same thing that happened in Terminator 2. Yeah. And the fact that, that like, I kind of felt like Kyle kind of got taken off, taken out pretty early near the end there. I think they needed to because you needed to see that Sarah had made a change and that yeah, there, there was there were signs of the warrior badass that yeah. would eventually train the the leader of yeah. mankind. Now she didn't do a lot, yeah, but she was. I think the most important thing, and a lot of these Terminators, is that the bad guy Terminator is usually unbeatable. So it's really just about staying alive. It's yeah. not really about fighting. It's it's staying alive. Yeah. And she she proved that she was good at that, and you know the the final chase through the uh, the, the factory. And I wonder if that was Cyberdyne, if that factory was like a, a company called Cyberdyne, and yeah. they they're the, they found that yeah. crushed thing and hit it, mm-hmm. and then in the next movie that's what Cyberdyne's become. They they threw all of their stuff behind this this yeah. robot or something. I don't know. It might have been. Maybe I missed it. Yeah. I mean, and just you know. Before he, they even got out of the car to end the factory, you know, Kyle Reese was done. I mean, she was literally carrying him. Yeah, as soon as when they were running away in the truck and he went to throw that last bomb, the, yeah. the Terminator hit the truck and I think something ricocheted and it made it to where he dropped the bomb like right below him yeah. and it kind of blew up in his face. He was kind of concussed for a while and he his eyes were open, but he looked loopy and stuff. Yeah. So I think the bomb had kind of messed him up. Pretty much until his death. Yeah, because when he put the bomb inside the Terminator, I don't know how he got away. I mean, obviously he he didn't because yeah. that's where he died. But you know, how did he didn't have more damage? Yeah, yeah. Like, and he kind of rolled away. So there's no way he got far enough away that he didn't really. He should have been just kind of blown up. His face should have been blown up or something. I don't know. Uh, you got to have something for the for her to look at. I guess. And say no, Kyle. Yeah, and, and but it, we ho- we totally skipped the most naughty part of the the movie. Yeah, so first of all, well, first of all, they're in a cave, and she gets more about John and yeah. and the dogs and how it is back then and everything. Um, she goes, you know, I don't want this future. You know, this uh, I, I'm not a warrior, all that kind of stuff. And right right before, he's like, that's a good field dressing, and she had never done one before. Yeah. You know, uh, and uh, you know. They, they they leave and as they're coming out of the cave that they spent the night in, there's a mist that's actually bug spray. Oh god. That that the city had done or whatever. And they quickly filmed that as the backdrop to make it look kinda give it mm-hmm. some ambiance and everything. Yeah. But I'm like, man, that much? <laughs> I wouldn't want to walk into that. Uh but anyway, so they go to a, a hotel and um this is when, you know, he's like, you know, he's all business. He's still all business because he's in love with her, but he doesn't know what to do. He's a soldier. There's no time for courting. There's no time for fun and games. It's you're on high alert action, killing Mm -hmm. or be killed ever since birth for him. Yeah. So whenever they have some downtime, she's trying to be flirty and everything. Mm -hmm. And uh, because she's obviously started to feel for this guy and uh, he's he's not about it you know they get in even pulls away yeah he goes he goes into the bathroom blah 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 she's like so what do we do he's like i'm gonna go out for supplies i'll be right back and she's like okay and he gives her a gun here yeah you know and then he leaves and uh she's like so what's for dinner you know he comes back and he dumps out uh mothballs and a bunch of stuff to make plastic yeah and she's like what are we making he's like plastic uh you know it's it's basically nitroglycerin just a little bit more stable learn to make it as a kid you know and he's so he's teaching her yeah He's now teaching her how to make the bombs and how to cut the fuses mm-hmm. and and uh, basically just making pipe bombs. But um, 
and then you know it, it's it's a really cool scene i thought right before you know they get down to business and creating john yeah uh it's really cool how you know he even pulls back from it at first because yeah. he's like wait we, we don't got time for this because he, <laughs> she's asking a stupid question like were there any other girls that you know you got to imagine after all he's told you do you yeah. really think there's any time for that no you know, obviously, I'm sure people are still having kids, maybe. I don't know. I think it'd be a well, stupid idea because you future. wouldn't want babies screaming Yeah, but stuff, you see kids but, in the future, you know. Yeah. But, I mean, they're talking about that, and, you know, she's like, do you have anybody? And he kind of, like, almost looks at her like, are you kidding me? Have you not realized what I've done? He goes, I come across time for you, Sarah. And he told her about the picture and all that. I memorized every line in your face. I memorized every part of you. I knew who you were immediately when I saw you. So you feel nothing? John Connor gave me a picture of you once. I didn't know why at the time. It's very old. Torn. Faded. You were young like you are now. You seem just a little sad. I used to always wonder what you were thinking at that moment. I memorized every line, every curve. I came across time for you, Sarah. I love you. I always have. Yeah, so in a way, he did have somebody. It was her, but the, more the the image and the the uh, the he had her for longer than she had him. Yeah, yeah, he had he had her as as an image and and almost as an idol in a way. Yeah. You know, um, something that looked up to her because, you know, I'm sure John told everybody that the reason she learned all this or he learned everything and how to do everything was from his mother. Yeah. And there's more, and who who basically learned it. Yeah, he said know, like a chance. He goes, why would you why would you come across time? It was a chance to meet the legend. Yeah, he called her the legend. But in all the reality, he's the one that created the legend. You know, yeah, like he he trained the legend that trained the savior. You that, know, that trained him. That trained him, and it's a big, crazy, this, this, confusing, this is, this is why the confusing mind warping loop yeah. and everything. But it's 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 cool because you know it's it's a moment of levity. It's it shows that he's been in love with her that long, and there maybe even are traces of when they're having that conversation. Him thinking, "This is why John gave me the picture." Yeah, you know, realizing that John would know if they hooked up. Yeah, probably. And this is all assumptions by us, of course. You know, I mean, this this could not have anything to do with what was in Cameron's mind when he right when he wrote right. It, and and you know, you got other movies that try to retcon a bunch of stuff or just straight up change stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, so I don't know. It's 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 all up in the air. But um, they, they finally go there. They blow up the the T eight hundred. Kyle dies. I thought it was T one hundred one. It's the model T one hundred one, but it's a T eight hundred. Okay. It's model 101 of yeah. whatever the T-800 is. Yeah. But um, it's um, he, he gets blown up. Kyle dies. There's still half a torso left of the Terminator. It starts crawling after. And that's 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 that nightmare that James Cameron has yeah. is a torso, a, a robot torso yeah. with that same exact face. 
um, crawling. Well, she would have had, all she would have had to do was step over him. Yeah, <laughs> but she had to have a leg injury. Yeah, I know. You know. But even then, like if she could have just stepped over him, that Terminator probably couldn't have turned around. <laughs> it could have though. All it needs to do is get get its hand on you. Yeah. If it can get its hand on you and control yeah. you, it can break bones, and pull you towards it, and just crack your neck. And at this point, you know, it consists of the torso, the head, and one one arm. And one because arm. Because uh, the other arm got, uh, what, cut off or blown off or something? I think it got blown up by Reese when Maybe. he put that bomb in there because all it was left was the torso, yeah, one arm, and, and the dragging head. himself, yeah. and they were going. But, yeah, so she, uh, she uh, crawls through a press, which I don't know if I'd feel comfortable crawling through that. No. Would you? No. Because she had already pressed the button. So I, in my mind, I would have been like, wait, did I set that on where it'll press like every few minutes? Or is that off now? I'm like, I don't know if I want to go through this thing because it might crush me or whatever. Yeah. But that's the that's the kind of one of those yeah. those little things that kind of creep you out. But mm-hmm. uh, she manages to shut the cage and he tries to choke her. And then she says, you're a terminated fucker. And uh, one of the worst Ending lines or or the I got you lines. I hate that. You hate it. I hated it. That's like that. I mean, that shows. First of all, before when uh, they were uh, where oh when they were in the truck that was upside down. She's like, move it, Reese, on your feet, soldier. You started to see the the Sarah from part two that we eventually see. Yeah, you start to see the beginnings of that. And then as they're going through the factory, you know, she makes him get up on his feet again and. All this kind of stuff, but I think I, I mean I, if you if if she would have just said you're terminated, I would have been cool with it. But like, you know, throughout the movie, she she wasn't the type of person that just you know, and I know that she was Cussed. changing, you know, stuff like that. But it just did not fit. That last word did not fit the the ending. If they would have left that out, I would have been like, okay, okay, you're terminated. I get it. I like it. I like it. But you're terminated. Effort. You know, it's like. Yeah, you say that to like a human being, but to a robot, it's like okay, you know. It, I just kind of felt like it was. I thought it was a little good, bit extra. At the I thought end. it was a good slam in the face because he's a Terminator, and she's like, "You're terminated." You know, it was it was like her one badass line. It it could be like, well, you didn't have to say it like that, or you're terminated. You know, put a mother in front of that or something. Yeah, but like nobody that, says but. effort. You know, I mean, some some people do, but you just yeah, you're I, bet, I bet it was ever. I bet it was something in the. I bet it was like an '80s thing. You know how like I you guess. say cuss words or whatever, yeah. but they're like they're more popular. I don't know. I, I I I'm not saying I didn't like the whole thing. I just didn't like the, at the end. It just didn't seem like it fit fit with it because she she wasn't going through cussing throughout the whole movie, and there wasn't a lot of swear words throughout the whole movie except from from the cops, obviously. But yeah, and she said a couple, but not many. But not, not <laughs> it just seemed kind of a little out of character to say that last part, or it was just too much. I think it was like I don't know, I don't know. I just didn't like the last word. It's not so much because I don't like swearing a lot, you know, but it's just the the effort at the end just didn't seem like it fit with with the statement. Yeah. I like how she's learning Spanish at the end. Because yeah. we know she goes into Mexico and uh, basically it get, probably has friends. John there. Yeah, becomes friends with uh, Enrique mm-hmm. from the second one. Yeah, yeah. So, but it's cool to see her like not know much, but she's like, she. Would you see this imagery nowadays? She got a prego belly and a gun yeah. sitting on her lap yeah. and everything. With a, with a, one of those, what do they call them? The the workout bands around her head. Uh, I don't know. There's yeah, sweatband. Sweatband. There we go. Yeah. But you know, and, and like and the that Jeep. image with the the pregnant belly and the gun right by it. Yeah. Like John's always had a gun near him. You yeah. know that type of thing. Yeah. 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 He's he's always been exposed to violence. Exactly. And everything. So he he had no hope. But 
I like this movie and I like these the the lore here because um, like I said, it's one of those things where in any other time travel movies, somebody just exists, right? But the only reason John exists is because of the time travel. Yeah. And if it wasn't for the time travel and the war, which they're trying to avoid, then he wouldn't exist. Okay. So does he have to take existing, um, you know, sacrificing mankind, basically? Mm-hmm. Or, or you know, would he rather not exist and maybe avoid this whole thing? I mean, obviously, he would want this whole thing avoided. That's something well, no, to he, the next he, movie. He looks at it more or less like, I think, that what his mother and, you know, technically his father went through for him to live. You know, like he can't he can't go back on that and and look at it like, oh, you know, I'm not really important or I'm not this. You know, yeah, his mother's in a a crazy home at that point. But, you know, I feel like, you know, it was all led up to that to to encourage him in a way. But, you know, him at his age, you know, we'll we'll get into it more in the next one. Yeah, because I I liked it because, you know, she was a teenager, but she didn't really seem to have any kind of interest in having kids, starting a family, you know, all that kind of stuff. So the fact that by the end of this, (laughs) these two days, she's pregnant, you know, ready to go. Her life has changed forever. Yeah, I can't believe she got like, what, six months pregnant in two days. It's kind of crazy. <laughs> I'm pretty sure that was a flash forward. Yeah, I, I'm just kind of wondering if she went and she darted straight to Mexico at that point, you know? I mean, because, you know, she really, it didn't seem like she, she even talked about family, you know? Because, I mean, we find out in part two, you know, with John, he's with the foster family, mm-hmm. you know? So she obviously didn't have any kind of connection left after her roommate died. She didn't have a boyfriend or nothing else like that. You know, I mean, basically her whole world for a whole six hours became Kyle Reese, therefore John Connor afterwards, you know. So it was like she probably just picked up, went straight to Mexico. You know, I mean, there was no no picking up things from her house or whatever else like that. You know, you kind of feel like she just headed straight to Mexico after that because she had no connection left besides what was growing inside her. Who would you say is the most tragic character of this of this lore Bill Paxton because <clears throat> he didn't get more screen time exactly <laughs> and saying and he just oh man it's he, over man game over <laughs> game over man not only did he get just bodied by Arnold but like, like Arnold all threw, the way back like all the he way back thrown all the yeah, way back and, there. and he was you know it, it was inferred that he was dead you know well, yeah, up I'm from sure a they throw. were all dead yeah and then what's his dude and Shao Kahn got his got, yes. basically his insides boom he probably reached and grabbed his spine from the front and pulled it out or something but <laughs> yeah uh, well the most tragic I'd have to say would have to probably be I mean you want me to tell you what I think Kyle Reese in my opinion yeah, yeah. I think it is because Think about it. He never knew the world as we know it. He's yeah. only known destruction. Yeah. And in the two days that he got to have a reprieve from that, he was still going through everything he went. Yeah. The woman that he was in love with for probably years Yeah. Um, that he never got to meet, when he finally got to meet her, he got two days with her, but only a few hours yeah. in which they had feelings for each other. Yeah. You know, and then he died. And not only yeah. did he die, but he he died not meeting his, uh, not getting to, uh, first of all, not getting to meet his son. Which we find out he technically did meet his son. I right, mean, but he didn't for know a long that. Period of time. Yeah. yeah, and not not getting to 
raise him and or whatever see him but not even knowing probably and this is again this is just a guess from us but from all what it showed maybe not even knowing and if he did know it makes it even more tragic because he had that knowledge yeah and he knew if he did know then he knew that john sent him back knowing what would happen to him because he even said all i know is that he dies before the war yeah and she's like, oh, I don't want to know. I don't want to know. You know, and yeah. so so he knows that that John's father dies before the war. I just I, there's just but so it's much kind of tragic one, about one it. sided for it because you know John Connor knows. So you know that John Connor you know held him at high esteem because he's the one that he chose to send back. No, but John Connor knew why he had to send him back, but he's the one that had to send him back. So. But so John kind of, you know, in a way, you know, he looked up at John as a fatherly figure. So, you know, he did have John not so much as a son, but as a fatherly figure. But there was still like the father son, you know, dynamic there. And then even coming back, you know, yeah, he gets into a calm, somewhat calm world. I don't think he even cared about that. He don't care. He didn't care that there was no. He was on at his every mission. corner. I know. I was like, man, you know, if I come back, I'd have probably gone to like Taco Bell yeah. or something. The most tragic <laughs> thing about the whole thing with, with is that he didn't Kyrie's, get a bean burrito from Taco Bell. Well, that too, but or a chalupa. But, but the the most tragic thing is the fact that he he you know, he adored Sarah Connor. He loved her from the beginning and he only got to spend those two days. That's the most tragic part and with maybe Kyrie. six hours of it. Yeah. Well, okay. More than that. Maybe, uh, maybe about, you know, 20, 24 hours of it. Yeah. You know, the first day yeah. was convincing him that convincing her that she's not a, he's not yeah. a psychopath. So real quick, this movie free will or fate. I think it's fate because um, you know, he d- he does say, you know, he has a message. He's, you know, uh, John made me learn this. Um, and it's, thank you, Sarah, for your courage to the dark years. I can't help you with what you must soon face except to tell you that the future is not set. Yeah. There is no fate but what we make for ourselves. You must be stronger than you can imagine you can be. Um, is this movie about fate? Because they say there's no fate with what you make. But the Terminator coming back, that's out of their hands. Right. Yeah. That's the term that that's, they don't have that, but it's the sole reason that John exists. Mm-hmm. So he, you know, he didn't have any say in that. That wasn't a, uh, you know, fate, what you, you, you know, is what you make. Um, so I feel like fate is absolutely at, at play here. Um, John wouldn't exist if it wasn't for the Terminators, but the Terminators might not have existed if it wasn't for, you know, Kyle coming back and John being born and yeah. everything, because maybe, that's what started Skynet is that first Terminator coming it's, back. It's, I think I agree with you except for one part. I think it's fate for every single person in this in these film franchise except for John Connor. I think he's the only one because he is an aboriginist. I just said that as joke. An aberration. I know. <laughs> he's an aboriginist. Okay, so. Right. You know. From the aborigine colonies. Yes, right. correct. So. He he I think he is the only one that has the free will because he can he can he knows what's going to happen. He knows everything that's going to happen, you know, through Sarah telling him the Terminator when he comes back. But I, I feel like John Connor is the only one. And, and again, we'll get into more later. But um, John Connor is the only one that has control, you know, has the free will. There is no fate but what we make for ourselves. And I believe that John has a plan. You know, he's. I think he's making a fate for everybody. Yeah, this is his plan between these two movies, and we'll get more into it next time. But I totally agree. I think that, I think that there's fate for everybody. 
but I think I think it can be both. I don't think that it's out of our hands. I think that we all still make decisions. Yeah. But if you're if you're outside of time looking in, mm-hmm. you you see the decisions already made. Yeah. And you can tell that I know what your decision is going to be. Yeah. Then we see that as fate because well it's going to happen anyways, you yeah. know, because we can't see from outside of time. We can only see what's coming in front of us. Yeah, well, I mean, and that's why I said with John Connor having free will, because he he created everybody else's fate. He created the fate for every by single person. By back sending Kyle back. Kyle back. He could have not sent it back. He could yeah. have said, I'm not sending Kyle back. Let's see what happens, because yeah. I, I've made this decision. But he's making these decisions. And set up so, the fate for his mother, and right. set up fate for the Terminators, and, and even for himself, in a way, you know, he's setting up his own fate, because... The future John Connor has all the control. Yeah. And and Skynet, there's always Judgment Day. Yeah. You know? It, it, now, the next movie contradicts that, but does it. And we, we'll, we'll have more, more to say about that. I mean, that he could have said, hey, Sarah, grab the Terminator parts, throw them in a, in a bat of... He could have told Kyle everything, how yeah. it would go down... Let it happen this way, yeah. but do this, this, and this, or whatever. Or tell Sarah that if she finds herself, blah, blah. You know, he could have said a lot, but he made a certain decision and then let play, fate play out yeah. after that. So yeah. it's a both. And I think he did it for certain reasons. And it's the reason that he sent back a Terminator as well in the next one mm-hmm. and uh, allowed it to learn and allowed himself to learn because yeah. did did that Terminator have orders to not kill people before it was sent back? No. No. Young John had to tell him that. Mm-hmm. Old John could have told him that, knowing that this Terminator... He wasn't around in any of the timelines. He wasn't around when that Terminator in the second movie first comes back. Yeah. He didn't know if he killed anybody. Yeah. So he allowed that kill setting to still stay on in the Terminator mm-hmm. because he needed himself and his mother... To learn some things, and we'll get more into that next week. But I really enjoy this movie. It's the one of the rare movies that sits at 100% on Rotten Tomatoes mm-hmm. for critic scores. Uh, even Judgment Day sits at like 94. Yeah. Now we don't look at uh, we don't like to look at critic scores. We we like to look more at the uh, audience review or whatever. But um, this is obviously one of these iconic great movies. Uh, from the 80s, yes, it's dated. Yes, you uh, will see some some very outdated effects. You'll yeah. see some animatronics that don't hold over as well. But understand that back then, it was it was some good stuff. You know, Stan Winston, who we're going to talk more about next episode and everything. So, um, it's an iconic movie just with the lore. You know, uh, yeah. the 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 special effects aside, what it represents, what it's trying to tell, what it's trying to discuss. It's iconic. It's it's and you're talking about fate versus free will and 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 what what our what our fate means to uh, you know the future of mankind or whatever right. it may be. So, anyways, um, did you enjoy this again? I loved this movie. It's a great movie. Are these the only two that you consider canon? Are those? Do you consider any of the others canon? Yeah, I, I, th- like I said, Salvation, I feel like it could be canon, too, because, you know, um, it, it basically tells the story of the creation of the Terminators in Salvation, you know, in a way, with with, with bringing in uh, 
I like how it showed how John got his scar, yeah, his face scar yeah. in that fight and everything. Mm-hmm. And I like how, you know, his heart was ruined. And yeah, and well, the main character in Salvation is not even John Connor. It's the guy that basically they designed all the Terminators after. You know, he was the original. I thought it was a new one because John said it was a new one because the the Terminators were. Yeah, the Terminators were already built, remember? Because Arnold came out and fought John. Yeah, but they I thought that was... They, they were in the brand new ones in production, the T-800s. This was a um, this was a, a new one where they, they laid a consciousness over... Yeah. And, and basically gave it free will. Yeah. And they shouldn't have because this is what happens. And that's mm-hmm. what they mention in the next movie is they don't let these Terminators walk around with their learning settings on. Yeah. Because they might revolt. Yeah. And... This one obviously did, but yeah. I don't know. They're they're they're, they're all right movies. I, I'm for me Terminator and Terminator Two. That's canon. That's it. Those other ones I can watch and everything, but I don't consider them part of the like the official story or whatever. Well, Genesis. But, I mean, they kind of they kind of Genesis can suck it. <laughs> they can kind of they kind of copied it a little bit, but I like Amelia Clark. Uh, I can't stand Jai Courtney. Arnold's always great and everything. Yeah. Um, uh, I, I don't know. I just, it was awful. For me, it was awful. Uh, I like the guy who played uh, John Connor. Uh, what's his name? Uh, I'll think about it later. But, yeah. anyways, uh, we enjoyed this movie. We hope you guys enjoyed it too. Please stick around for Terminator 2 next week. Uh, as we said, the 50 year anniversary is coming up, and we're going to do uh, a, a bit of a longer episode, really diving into the lore. That next week, the anniversary, I think. Oh, 30th. That's what I meant, 30th. Um, but, yeah, we, we really want to dig into the lore of it, and really uh, we kind of restricted ourselves in this one because we want to talk about this one. But next one we'll be able to talk about the whole shebang. So hope, we hope you guys join us for that. So um, if you guys want to get a hold of us, we're on all social media at The Post Credit Podcast, except for Twitter. We're at The Post Credit. Our email address is thepostcreditpodcast at gmail.com. We have a website. It's www.thepostcreditpodcast.com, and we're on YouTube. Uh, We appreciate you guys listening, and we'll see you next time. Throw me a bone.